real professionals directly to you each week. It's Bringing It Home with John Wilkinson on Vinyl Draft Radio. Now, live from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio in Houston, here's your host, John Wilkinson, the real estate agent invested in you. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is the Bring It Home Radio Show. Welcome back. It is Thursday. You know, it's it. This is the year two of the Bring It Home Radio Show, and again with yours truly, John Wilkinson, a real estate agent and host of this little doohickey I like to call a show, exclusively on Vinyl Draft Radio. Now, in case you're a new listener, or you just haven't picked it up yet. I've made it my mission to bring real talk with real professionals so you can navigate the world of real estate with as much insight and information as possible. And that's to help you become a successful seller, a buyer, or even real estate agent. Yes, I do share. I do share. I'm not greedy, folks. (laughs) On today's show, we welcome two gentlemen, and I do say gentlemen with all sincerity, from the mysterious world of title services. So with me today, I'm glad to have Clay Smith and David Norris join me as our special guests. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. And, and, and is everybody comfortable? Now, can you hear anything in your headphones? I can't hear a thing. Okay, let's, let's make sure, <laughs> <make> sure he's <laughs> connected. I can hear you, though. You can hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I still want you to hear, you know, anything now? That's perfect. Oh, there we go. There we a go. little turn of a knob. Yeah, the volume. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is about the volume. We're going to have to work on uh, our controls. We spent 20 minutes talking before the show, and not once did we work on his audio. All right, let's, let, let's talk a little bit. Um, before we slide into any kind of uh, formal introductions, I, I want to let the listeners know that many of the components in the real estate uh, industry are performed by some unsung heroes, and that's, that's my honest opinion. And they're within the title industry. It's not often we hear commercials about title companies yeah. or um, y- y- you're out and about and, you know, concerts aren't generally sponsored by title company. at least concerts that we know of, because, again, you're so unsung that we don't even know. You might be a sponsor of things, but and I know you do sponsor a lot mm-hmm. of things, but we don't really get to hear, hear you. So today we're going to shed some light on some of these things that title companies do. Um, such as title policies, surveys, uh, the homeowner association fees, and and wills and probate. Um, plus, there, there's just so many more areas that that we can cover that everyone who's going to be dealing in real estate is eventually going to come across. What again, if you're a buyer, seller, or an agent, you're going to hit this thing. Um, plus, it, it, we're getting a little insight into Stewart Title themselves. If I'm correct, been around uh, over a hundred years at this point. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, now, now I'm a sir. We can become <laughs> informal. Now, I'm just going to tell you, before Adam gets mad at us, you might want to pull this a little bit closer to you. You can pull it closer to you. You don't have to lick the microphone. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting uh, you know David to stop licking the microphone. It's not go. ice cream, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, really, we do have something for everyone today when it comes to the title industry. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. So, first off, like I said, welcome and... How was your morning so far? I mean, you, you got up, got dressed, and then came to a radio station. That's it. That's hey, it. 
Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And you did get some coffee. Granted, if I were a better host, as soon as you walked in, I'd be like, "Hey, you want some coffee?" But I had mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I had yeah. mine already. Had so I stopped at Star Starbucks. So, but I understand. Now, I, I do want to say I do appreciate Clay. Clay got here at eight fifteen. Uh, early. Early is good. Of course, always the first time. Generally, people are earlier on yeah. time. It's after that that I start seeing people creep in eight thirty five, eight forty, which is fine. And just try to yeah. sink in. We got a chance to kind of sit and talk a little bit about some things and and made sure. Sure, um, you know uh, that we were kind of in the same vein. Any kind of disclaimers? One thing I've learned about having new companies on here: Are there any disclaimers you need to make in relationship to steward title and opinions or your business? Sometimes people make those disclaimers. Like I have my lender; she always has to say her lender ID number, and she has to say, you know, especially when we talk about credit. I am not a credit person, which is great. I just love making her say it every time. <laughs> but I didn't know. You well, got anything? We're not attorneys. That's not right. attorneys. No. So none of this, I mean, it's always a good thing for someone to seek legal advice from an attorney. There you go. Okay. That's a great disclaimer. And that's, yeah. we use that one a lot in real estate as well. So oh, yeah. um, when we go there. So let's talk a little bit about the two gentlemen I have in front of me, which is kind of easy to do because I had them send me notes early <laughs> on. But I'm not going to do the talking, of course. So uh, out of out of reverence for position and seniority, again, not an age thing, um, I'm going to start with Mr. Norris, Mr. David Norris. Now, David is the senior vice president of Stewart Title, and he's very, very quick to tell me that it's just all a title kind of thing. Um, but you have a pretty long history with Stewart Title, so why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Now you're talking about age. <laughs> <laughs> I started in 86 in a trainee program and uh, worked my way up through the ranks. Um, as right now, I've got um, pretty much the greater Houston area, the southeast quadrant, and also oversee our, our tax service within the, the southern half of Texas. Okay. Now, you kind of really summed that up pretty quickly for me. Why, why Stewart Title? Was it just like a job at that point, obviously, or, or that early on, 1986? What did you do prior to 1986? Of course, I was about 12. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You and Lori Kopic, Are you listening, Lori? <laughs> and, um, I mean, the opportun opportunity presented itself. You know, the one thing about the title business kind of gets either you love it, uh, gets in your skin. Um, it's, it's a very cool industry to be in as for um, – if you're history buff, because uh, hmm. there's a lot of titles that go back to when Texas was a republic. Right. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, now, Clay, you've been with them a little while, and the reason I'm jumping over, have you experienced that in terms of, uh, you've been in real estate a long time, right. right? but in terms from a title standpoint, have you experienced any of those historically fascinating, I know they're out there, I hear it all the time, especially in uh, um, Galveston County. Not all that title commitment side but i know the other day we got a survey from like 1947 okay i'm gonna write that next to my survey note because yeah. i've got to ask how that one worked <laughs> um but um so david you decided that title was the way to go you've made some i i, I think you've done pretty well i mean i'd say okay you've done decent uh, with steward title um one of the things i admire about steward title is that it's been around long enough, and it's it's seen its share of good and bad. It's it's weathered a lot of storms, both from the industry standpoint of title and real estate. Are there other areas you use title companies other than real estate? 
I, I and I'm asking that because I'm not sure. I know we're going to get a little more in depth about Stewart and the different subsidiaries, but title itself isn't that really just real estate? As for the title aspect of it, yes. Okay. I mean, we've done some escrow aspects of it with some projects where we've we structured our setup as a, an escrow company. I mean, we are an escrow company, right. but we it was specifically for the escrow funds. Okay, gotcha. So, okay, so it's a different avenue to take on that, and again, nothing to do with the really. Um, so, it is really just real estate related in terms of the title aspect. Well, then. and that particular avenue was, and it still was tied to real estate, but there was no actual title evidence presented or produced on our part. Gotcha. It was more of just a, a holder of money. Uh, yes, sir. That's it. Hey, look at that. You can real, real country gentleman right there. Yes, sir. Why? Yes, sir. I love it. I, I like it. You got the whole thing going and you look very sharp, by the way. Thank so you it's too. always good to have. Oh, as I'm already starting to sweat. All right. So we're going to go over to Mr. Clay Smith. Now, I've known Clay and I've worked with him in the past uh, mm-hmm. on a transaction or so. But uh, today I really get to know Clay. Oh, boy. Not just of Clay. I get to know Clay. Now, Clay is the business development officer with Stewart Title. And that's that's kind of, uh, is that always been the title of that position? Because I think I've seen marketing in front of that term, too. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you, but also your job, your role with Stewart. Well, with Stewart, I'm the business development officer for both the Friendswood and Paraland office. And it's mainly about getting those relationships between title company, the lenders, the real estate agents, to make everybody a family, to come use Stewart and to bring them into our family. And it's all about relationships and just going out and meeting people, giving them the education if they need it, talking to them, answering questions, either about the title side and just bringing all the parties together. And that's that's my job for Stewart Title. Tough job. It is. It's tough. Somebody tough has job. to do it. You pay him for that. Yes, <laughs> just, just letting you know. And he does a great job. I, I'm sure. Now, like I said, I know. And you just started with Stewart. Correct. Um, uh, how long ago? It's, I uh, want to say just. It wasn't yesterday. No, it was uh, back in December. Back in December. So mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're we're going on. The reason it doesn't matter that you've only been doing it since December is because you've been in the real estate business right. for a while. So give me a little bit of that background. Uh, starting the real estate business back in 06 was a restaurant manager before that and decided hey let's go into real estate i mean i've I watched it on tv i can do it um did that for <laughs> thank you yeah um. oh yeah found out real fast it's it's not house hunters but <laughs> it's definitely not get did that, that for people. many many years became a broker and got into the education side as well i'm teaching continuing education to real estate agents Started doing that, and then Stuart called and couldn't turn it down. Really? Yeah. So that that's amazing. Maybe that's a conversation for off mic and away from your boss. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, we kind of started this conversation early uh, in my office, and we talked about the restaurant business. We have that in common. Mm-hmm. We were in it for a long time uh, before coming to real estate, and we left for pretty much the same reasons. And it's kind of interesting you went back to a world where you're kind of your success. And again, I don't know your pay structure, not asking for it, not looking <laughs> to compete. But what I'm saying is, is that your success really depends on your ability to attract and retain clients. Correct. And 
it, it kind of falls in with real estate, but it also falls into the fact that you're now in a corporate structure. There's a hierarchy, so you're no longer your own boss. No. You're only so why why make that switch? Why did you go? And I thought it was time. And also, are you double dipping and still being an art, a real estate instructor? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, I still teach. Ah, I do. That's okay. Not that you're not paying well, David. I'm no. just saying. It's you know, just asking. Yeah, I still teach. Um, no, when available. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, it is. It's going back to a corporate, but it's still you're working for a family, and so it doesn't feel like you're working for a corporate a corporation, which is nice because they let me do what I need to do as long as I'm doing what I need to do. With me today, in case you're just joining us, is Clay Smith and David Norris from Stewart Title. We missed an introduction to uh, both of these gentlemen, so you're just going to have to wait for the replay of this fantastic show, because we are about to get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on in the world of Title. All right. Clay, David, whoever wants to feel this, I'll, I'll open it. I'm not going to make you step on each other, so if I have something specific, I'll ask you, but... Maybe it's best to get Clay's perspective on this since you're going to be the front line. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? Why use a title company? <laughs> okay. No, no. And now I'm to David. To... No, just kidding. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll get this a lot, um, especially for sell-by owners coming in. All right. And they're coming in. They're like, well, we've known this person for years. All we need to do is sell the house and buy the house and that's it we don't need to use a title company we've known them we know everything is the up and up with them all right well how do you know there's no liens no clouds no judgments nothing on their airship anything about the title and that's where we come in i mean we go all the way back to make sure that title commitment is clean and well well i've known them for 20 years or i've known them for 40 years well, you know the person that you see. You don't always know their background or what's might have happened 30, 40 years ago within that house, within that title. And that's why you, you want to use a title company. You want to make sure when you get that house, you're not going to get a knock on the door. Well, this house is mine because my great-great-grandfather sold it to this person who sold it to my dad who sold it to this. And that's where the title company comes in. Well, I've had, just so you know, I've had... Um cash buyers mm -hmm. go why why do we need a title company and my answer included what you said but it also included some other things um i'm like you know maybe you, you don't care about a title policy if you're paying cash you don't need to get one but don't you still want to pay to get something checked out yeah. don't you still i mean maybe it's not sure don't you want to pay somebody that takes care to make sure the taxes have been paid and there's nothing owed there's no liens on the house this is why a title company is important. You could probably do a lot of that. It would cost you a lot more than these, even even the a la carte services that, that, that you would offer. And I'm assuming you do that. I haven't had a client come through you for an individual, but if they called one of your offices and said, um, listen, don't want a title policy. I, I just want to check to make sure, you know, maybe get, maybe get an abstract, make sure that's done. Uh, I want to make sure the taxes are done and I want it recorded. How much is that going to cost me? Do you do that stuff? individually we have but you know keep in mind we're in the title insurance business so, right mm -hmm. so i mean there's a number i mean you just touched a few items 
there's involuntary liens. I mean, there's things that may have been the predecessor in title that's, that could have been missed. Mm-hmm. Things that could come back and haunt that new property owner in the, in the future. Right. And now I'll let, so, so the answer is no, we don't like to do that. You've done it. And it may be a matter of just a personal assistance to further a relationship. It could be. Um, so I'm not saying just go out and try to get everything a la carte because quite honestly, like I said, they aren't in the business and it is a business. Businesses need to make money or it's no longer a business. It's a charity. That's correct. That's okay. Right. But even charities need to make money. Um, so now let's take it to David and let's get and not that you can't Bye. answer this clay I am just trying to be a little share you know share the airtime so David what is title insurance you've been in a long time you probably have the elevator speech of what is title insurance I'll keep it real short okay okay we insure good marketable title all right so if you're insuring good again it's like it's an insurance policy who sets the rates for those uh, policies? Texas Department of Insurance. So, mm-hmm. see, folks, it's not going to change. That's a very common misconception out there, folks. I want you to understand this. What I hear a lot of is, is that, oh, the, the, the title company is too expensive. It's a couple thousand dollars. I said, you realize that rate is set by Texas. It's not set by the title companies. So, quite honestly, what the title companies set are those escrow fees, which are really, again, being a layman, admin fees. And those fees are usually split by buyer, seller, and then there's some costs that go to either side or the other. Am I correct so far? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just didn't want to steal any thunder with Mm. that. But it is an insurance policy (laughs) and a a title insurance. Let's talk a little bit about what that covers. Um, We've talked that it covers maybe uh, liens. Like, Like, how does it help? If a lien pops up six years from now, um, of course you have a face value on the policy. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, before any settlement of the face value on the policy, we try to go clear whatever issues there are on that title. Right. So, if there's an outstanding lien that was missed, I mean, you know, there's the human element. So we we're human. We could have missed a lien. Could have missed an easement. Could have missed a right away. I mean, there's a number of things that are on a piece of property that could affect the title. So if we missed a lien, of course, you know we we have an obligation to go get it settled. Right. So we'll settle the lien. It's not to protect you from future liens. Let's just clarify correct. that with people. That's correct. All right. No. It's up to you. Per, up to the purchase date. Anything afterwards is is on your ticket. <laughs> it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Now you know what I found interesting about liens, and I didn't learn about that until I started doing real estate. It was mechanical liens. Mm-hmm. Can either one of you kind of just give us a description of what a mechanical lien is and how that really affects your title? When I say that, I, I have seen uh, like um, a plumber put a lien on a house, mm-hmm. and the people don't even know it. So is that if it's on prior to the sale, you're talking about that it would be covered if you didn't catch that. And how would that be covered? What does that mean that you cover it? You try to resolve it or the, the policy resolves it or it pays it? What does it do? We'd have to either, I mean, either pursue in court to have it removed. Okay. Or we would have to settle monetarily. So we, I mean, if it is up to that, that date or it's part of prior to the the purchase date Mm -hmm. yes sir i mean we have to we have an obligation to uh clear that that discrepancy on the title 
David, where do you call home? Texas. Texas. Yes. Born and raised? Yes, sir. I could tell. You're yeah. just very polite. I'm, I'm, I'm a Northeast guy that's trying to put on a Southern accent, so <laughs> it's okay. I just want to say you're you're awfully polite, and you don't have to say sir, but I know exactly why you're doing yeah, it. That's, that's why right. I That's the way my mom yeah. raised that's me. Way. So. Yeah, hey, that's look right. at you being lucky with manners and all. <laughs> uh, so glad you have that. Um, all right, so we've, we've talked about title insurance. Clay, going back to you. Okay. Relationships between the real estate agents and the title companies. Now, I may be a fool. I may be a sucker for this. But am I wrong in saying that your source of business is really driven from the real estate agents? No, of course. Why is my question? And I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, why hasn't there been a push to kind of bring what you do to the public's attention a little bit more. Um, I'm, I'm always curious about it because mm-hmm. I know, one, we're real estate agents, so it's what we do and it's what you do, so it makes sense to partner there. But quite honestly, ever since I've been in the business, what I have heard is, is well, we can't tell, you know, one side or the other talks about, oh, go here, or you can't say go here. The sale isn't decided officially. It's all negotiable. Right. But if, you, you know, you're you're relying on relationships, which is something you do, and we're going to get into again. But what, why not? I mean, I had a client recently, just recently. I was like, you know, we can go to a title company. And she said, can I go to... I want to go to X and X title. And I was like, wow, I've never had a yeah. you know client to actually bring up a title company. And I said, let me ask you, why, why why that title company? And she goes, because I had a bad experience with one when we were up in here and I had questions. So I went into this one and they were all nice and friendly and helped me and I didn't even have a thing. I was like, bam. So I had to open title this place that I'd only been to once yeah. in nine years. So we'll see how it goes. But who am I to say no to my client, right? Right. So, so my question is, is that why not put a little push for that additional um, recognition? So maybe they are truly a choice instead of some agents saying buyer prefers, which I always think is yeah. be honest with you, BS when right. I say it very rarely, like I said, once in nine years, yeah. I had somebody talk about a title company. I mean, we, we do. I mean, when I'm out at events talking to you know, other industries. You know, of course, we're talking about Stuart Title itself. However, when you're in the process of closing that home and you have the escrow closer and the processor and everybody that's working at the office, they're creating that relationship as well. And a lot of times they'll even go a little bit above and beyond. More than likely they will, where they're, you know, making sure everything is going okay. And if they ever have a question, they know they can call that closer. And that relationship is what's really binding with those two parties, right. so the buyer or the seller. And I've had it back when I was in real estate. Of course, I had my preferred title companies, and I had quite a few times people saying, well, I had a great relationship with this one. And I would ask why. And they're like, well, that closer was there for me. She treated me as that was my only deal the only thing she's working on and she stayed and she answered all my questions she went over the title commitment she went over the cd or the hud at that time and that relationship really stands so when i've had multiple (coughs) clients come back because of our closers where they're telling their agent no i'm using either tara hobbs and paraland or deanne and friendswood because they trusted them it was 
a relationship they had already built. Right. And, you know, either, either the agent didn't, you know, said, well, okay, I've used them and I have no problem with that. But when a client, a seller or a buyer said, no, that's the person I want to use, more than likely that's who you're going to use. And it was because of that closer. Yeah. And it was that relationship and that trust that they, they felt that they had. That I see um, that. I, yeah. I see that. I can personally attest, you know, that uh, um, when you go to a title company, how your client feels mm-hmm. is important. So even if your client didn't recommend or, or didn't identify someone, which is most of the time, right. gotta be, let me tell you now, yeah. it's going to be your agent, one of your agents. There's no telling right. which one. It depends on each deal is actually getting there for, and, and they're not getting kickbacks as far as I know, cause I've no. never received any, but if you guys are offering, <laughs> just let me know. I just never got that. Um, we do it because of one, that relationship. And two, we know when our client walks in, they're going to be treated just like we treat them, yeah. that they are the priority they yep. want this to work for them they want to be comfortable they want to celebrate with you they want to and that's a great title company to me and i i could say i've experienced that with steward title again uh being around 100 years, being around, uh, you know, uh, nationwide, um, you guys have affiliates everywhere. You're able to work everywhere and help, uh, you know, clients get to and from with paperwork everywhere. I think it's all fantastic. But again, it's that relationship yep. that we build in. I recently went to uh, did a did a closing up in Houston. And I'm not knocking on downtown Houston because I, I complained about <laughs> another title company up there earlier. But it's it seems to me that there's a stark difference between those title companies that just do just think we do title rather than we work with people and so uh, again those are some of the things that we are going to kind of bring up a little bit on some of those areas but i just want to say it's a big difference folks so get to know title companies don't rely on your agent all the time we'll we'll tell you what we honestly feel about uh, title companies if you happen to pick one that's provided a bad experience before you need to know so that's kind of what we do it's the bringing home radio show i'm your host john wilkinson realtor and friend of yours, along with Mr. Clay Smith and David Norris, both just happen to be from Stewart Title. One being the well boss of the other, but sorry, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we uh, we we don't have to point those things huh. out. So we we've talked about a few things, and there's so much more to talk about. So I just want to just run right into it. But so far, if you haven't been listening to the show, where you been? Bottom line, we'd love to have you here, but good news is at some point I will actually post this show so you can listen to it and watch it again, um, and we'll give you details on that. But we did talk about so far what is uh, a title policy, why use a title company, and then a little bit about the relationship between real estate agents and title. But there's so many more things that affect you as a home owner, a seller and a real estate agent that we need to get to that I'm, I'm almost overwhelmed with the list at this point. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about some things. Let's first talk about something big that's really going on now. And it's, it's, it's a big security thing. And if I had like little push buttons, I'd be playing a siren or something. This is wire fraud. Now, if you're a real estate agent, every time you've sent an email to a title company, you have seen somewhere on that response email, Wire fraud is real, or watch out for wire fraud. We will never email you this information. Um, what is going on, David? Um, unfortunately, there's some folks out there in the uh, real world that want to get into your pocket. And 
the reason why I wanted to bring wire fraud up as one of the, the, the first topics is because it is a real hot topic right now. And it, it, in, in reality, the, the industry has gotten to the point where we're getting more paperless. Okay, everything's transmitted by emails. So, you know, it's, it's what's secure out there right now. So if we submit an email, okay, once it leaves our domain, it's, it's in an unsecure environment unless you have the same securities on your PC or your server. And same thing with the buyer and, you know, or the consumer. So what's happening is you'll have these scammers. They will um, transmit malware, viruses, and so on, which we, are, we take great pride in um, protecting our environment. But like I said, once it leaves our environment, it is open game. So what happens is that they will manipulate one of these emails and all of a sudden change it and say, hey, if it's over a certain amount, you need to wire it to here. So rule of thumb that everybody needs to really, really pay attention to is pick up the phone and verify. Verify where, where the wires to be sent. Um, just so you know, we do, not submit, we do not have wires that leave the state of Texas. We deal with Texas banks as we deal with the lo our local offices. So if you get a wire that's, hey, it's somewhere in New Jersey or it's in Canada or whatever, it's a scam. Um, and it'll look just like our email. It'll have the, the footer um, where the signature block is. It'll look just like our escrow officer, escrow assistant sent it. So once, they, once it's out in, uh, outside of our domain, um, they can manipulate it if a virus has infected your PC or server. Or your agents, if you're mm -hmm. good. Yes, if you're, anybody who's CC'd on that list at that point, yeah. you could basically, if they're not, it's no longer under the Stewart domain, once you've CC'd and been brought in, you're open to whatever else. It's like sexually transmitted diseases almost yeah. in the fact that it's whoever it's they've been with, you've been with kind yeah. of deal. Um, here's the big thing about wire fraud, guys. It does look like it's legit. And it's easy to be fooled. Um, so definitely take that into account. You know, always verify the information. You're not going to be bugging them. They're not, you're not going to hear, we sent you an email. No, they want you. Here is the senior vice president of Stuart Title saying, no, call and verify. Just don't take our word of the email. Please call us and verify. We are not going to call you to discuss your wiring information. So we want you to call us and verify with us. And call, you know, make sure it's all, all legitimate. The other big thing about wire fraud, once it's gone, it's gone, folks. It's yeah. not, you, there's no disputing the credit card. At this point, you then have to hope you have some kind of loss prevention, you know, uh, ID theft kind of package going on in your own personal banking world because once you pay out wire, it's done. Am I correct? Yes. 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 Wow. Plain and simple. So take that. That was the serious segment of the show. And now on to Dancing Bears. No, we're just kidding here. All right, Clay, let's talk a little bit about option fee. You've been a real estate agent, and you now work with a title company. And I think it's fascinating that this was an area we are going to hit. We're not going to explain to people what an option fee is. But I will tell you the option fee on a real estate transaction is made 
to go to the seller Correct. of the property. Where the problem lies is how do we get that to the seller? Now, I'm going to tell you now, and I know what your answer is going to be, how this should work, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you now that every time I've had to, the title companies have been more than happy to hold on to that, but they will be the first ones to say we are not responsible mm -hmm. for it. David does not like to hear that because no matter what, <laughs> if something goes wrong, he knows someone will try to hold Stuart responsible. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. We know where it should go. Right. What have you seen and what, what, give us the answers to this question. Where should it go? It should go to the seller. The um, buyer's agent needs to make sure it either goes to that listing agent or somehow get it to the seller. It should not go to the title company because you have that option period. So that time's ticking. And if the listing agent never told the buyer's agent that it was at the title company, well, how do they know, okay, well, I didn't get it till 11 days and my option was 10 days. Well, I never got the money. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, you have no option. And so that's why it always should go to that seller. It needs to be at that seller. It needs to get to that listing agent, not to the title company. And I will be the first to admit when I was in the business, you know, and I still hold my broker's license, but I have given it to the title company many you of times. You would be the second on the show yeah, to admit there that. there we okay. go. And, and I was always told, we're not responsible. I'm like, I know, I know, the other agent knows it's here, and would just hope nothing would happen. But I have seen agents get burned by that as well, where the other agent had no idea that the option fee was at the title company. And you know they weren't an option and the the other agent on the other side could be as mean as they want to be you know, and so i mean that that's i don't want other agents to be in that situation i wasn't i was never in that situation but again please make sure it gets to the seller yeah. that's where so it should be here's the thing if the option check is not picked up it's not the fault of the title company if the title company has taken it there but let me ask you this from a, a standpoint of mm -hmm. legality. Technically, if it's still in the possession of the title company or the, the, the listing agent who may have it, or mm -hmm. even the buyer's agent that maybe didn't bring it to where it needed to go yet, it technically is a breach of the contract of the option period. And that, that means the option period hasn't even really started. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Is it that it hasn't started? I mean, maybe that's a real estate trek question. You, you get, yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's a little more. I'm just aspect. curious. You see, when we start talking as real mm -hmm. estate agents, that's how we start parsing. Again, we'll have to reiterate, nobody at this table is a lawyer. Correct. <laughs> so oh, no. <laughs> we, we may be throwing stuff out there that just isn't right, and it's just simply our interpretation of how we right. do real estate. Because real estate, there are a lot of wrong ways, but there's no right way. There's your way. There's my way. There's the title way they do things. So we're just getting insight on the title aspect of things. Um, all right. So before we go into our next break, I want to play a question from a real estate agent, give you some time to mull it over because I'm not quite sure if you're going to have enough time to answer it in the way that would make sense to me, the layman. So <laughs> I am going to try to uh, get this for you. And we can kind of talk about exactly what it is before we go into that, and then we'll get specific answers after. So here, hopefully, is the question. 
Hi, John. I'd like to hear how to explain to a client the boundary coverage option in the title policy. Thanks. Pretty simple question. Mm -hmm. So first just tell, you know, in the little bit of time we got left here, what is the boundary? What exactly is that paragraph? Our boundary coverage is pretty much the, the way it's worded. We're, we are covering the boundary. So part of the boundary coverage, you have to have a good valid survey. So if there's any discrepancies on the survey, we take exception to those. Um, say that we missed an easement, okay, we're human. Say that then it wasn't noted on the survey and you had the boundary coverage, then uh. yeah, I mean, it's, it's there. Or if it's built over a setback line, um, and it's not shown on a survey, it's shown specific as the way it is, then, yeah, some of those coverages come into effect on the boundary coverage. So here's a little reminder of what we are talking about. Hi, John. I'd like to hear how to explain to a client the boundary coverage option in the title policy. Thanks. So we have gotten a description of what that boundary policy is. So here I am, I'm, I'm Mr. Um, or Mrs., but I am Mr. at this case, mm -hmm. buyer. And I am being told the title company, you know, do or actually it's on the contract now. Mm -hmm. It's on the contract that asks, that says either the buyer or the seller uh, do want boundary exceptions and it's either gonna be paid for by the buyer or the seller and choose that. So I asked my client, do you want boundary exceptions? What's the, how would you explain to me, either either one of you guys, the best way to get me to say yes for my protection? What you know? Tell me, explain it to me in a in a part that I'll understand. I mean, the fee's minimal compared to the overall title premium. It's a percentage. Um, so, as for the, the the coverage aspect, I mean, there's there's a couple things that an agent really, as for a liability aspect, really needs to ask the consumer or their customer if they're gonna use a prior survey is, has there been any changes to, the, to this survey? If there has been, that's a red flag. You know, it's if they've added a new fence, if they've poured new concrete, if they've added a pool. Um, there's certain things that could cause a problem to the survey as not being valid. Okay, so to kind of get it to a point before I start, already my head's going into like yeah. different fields, like what, <laughs> what, what's an exception and what's, what would be something that's covered here. But before I do that, I, I want to just clearly understand it. That, so next time I talk to a, a client about that and say, look, you know, this is a certain percentage of the, of the cost um, uh, or of the policy. So, you know, you would have to pay extra, either that or we'll ask the seller to pay extra. Mm -hmm. Um, but what this covers is the possibility of something that isn't currently on the survey. Or, or wasn't put on the survey correctly. Mm -hmm. or, okay, or anything that was, that was done incorrect. So that would cover that chance of something happening. Again, insurance policies, they, they are risk um, mitigators. Correct. You know? yep. so, so just like you may never flood, you still want to get flood insurance. Oh, yeah. you, know, you, you know, if you don't need an insurance policy, but you decide to get one, you're doing it because you're mitigating that risk. Mm -hmm. It may never happen. You may consider a waste of money after a lifetime. But if it happens tomorrow, it saves you personal 
you know, pain, anguish, and finances. Am, am I correct? That's basically what that is. That's so correct. is it worth it? It's a product that's being offered by the title companies mm-hmm. in addition to the title policy, basically. Correct. All right. And it's just an additional insurance coverage. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I think we've got that kind of hammered <laughs> out there. Now let's talk about some of these things that may affect the title policy or the amended uh, title policy. So we talked about, you said, you know, maybe they put up a fence. Clay had mentioned during the break that, that that's what people don't think about is, is, you know, you have a flood, it takes down all the fencing, everybody puts it up, and now it's six inches off. It's into mm-hmm. six inches into somebody's property. Who's going to really notice that? May not even bother anybody until you get that back neighbor or side neighbor, whoever that comes, and all of a sudden needs to do something, and they find out you, your fence is on my, oh. my property. Is that something that's covered by that amended, that something was rebuilt and not noted? Ooh. Man, you throwing a curveball now. Uh, me no. and my curveballs. They called me Slider Wilkinson. On the assurance part, um, yes, because the only aspect is, keep in mind, we're also considered like an assurance. So we're depending on other people's statements mm-hmm. to insure properly. So if you've got a property owner that, let's just say, I'm going to say it in layman term, is falsified the information, then there's some liability on their part. So we're depending on other people's aspect as for the information we receive. Back to your original question, yes. I mean, there would be an issue. We would have to go out and, and mitigate, you know, either moving the fence, you know, some aspect as to that. All right. And mm-hmm. then you kind of would go after the possible perpetrator of false information if yes. you had to if go we had there. To, yes. Okay. And the reason that's stressing because, Clay, the, 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 the thing that you brought up and with what David brought up was, you know, the T-47, was there any, did you, uh, have you made any additions or improvements? Um, most of the time for me, it's none unless I've seen, and again, I'm I'm one of those people that will go in, look, hey, there's no pool on this survey. Right. And there are solutions to that. And then you just say, hey, whether it's a new survey or not. But I, I'll note that. So I, I try to be as, as articulate as I can. But we did talk about earlier uh, before the show that this was something that was never on the real estate contract before. And it was almost something that was just almost done at closing by the title company through not not misleading in any way. Mm-hmm. It was just it was an additional policy. It was an additional paperwork. So when you were talking about your title policy that came on there and you signed it. And next thing you know, the title policy may have been thirteen hundred dollars, but then you're paying thirteen fifty. And I only know that because after a few years, I go. Wait, I'm looking up your chart that you give me that says the prices, and it's why is this fifty off? Well, because of the amended da da da. So now they put it on the contract, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that's probably why. So now it's something you guys can clearly offer as an additional safety and security measure for people, not just to make extra money, but it, it covers those things that trust me does happen completely. So with that being said. 
Our time has come. Oh, wow. That time flies. Wow. There's a million things that we could still talk about, so yeah. hopefully you won't be strangers. Hopefully I haven't completely turned you off to the idea <laughs> of coming back to Vine the Draft Radio. Can I give a quick shout-out real fast? Of course. Hey, um, to my twins, Bailey and Brady. It's their 11th birthday today. So wow. happy birthday. Bailey, Brady, happy birthday. Yeah. I normally have a happy birthday song in there, but I took it off last night for the first time. <laughs> Bailey and Brady. All right. The only reason I'm writing that because, of course, when I post the show, we're going to make sure we do another special Thank shout you. out again. It's not going to be today, but <laughs> the the re-listen. Um, David, do you have any shout outs you want to make? I'd like to shout out to all the people that work for Stuart Title to, to thank them personally for all the hard work that they put in every day. Wonderful people, folks. If you haven't, haven't had a chance to work with anybody from Stuart Title. Um, I can tell you, I really haven't had a bad experience with Stuart Title, and uh, whether uh, my client gets to pick them or the other side does, if I see Stuart Title on there, I feel comfortable with them. So you're just one of those companies out there, so I, I appreciate you guys. So real quick, uh, Clay, how can real estate agents uh, or the public at large reach you? Either at our Paraland office or our Friendswood office, or just Give me an email at clay.smith at stewart.com or give me a call, 713-409-5019. There we go. And, David, I would say give out all your information, but I think you kind of said it earlier is that it's the people you work with that make the yes, thing. Yes, sir. We've got the greater Houston area pretty well covered. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you also do tax... Property taxes. Property taxes. <laughs> um, property taxes. You're like the president of that. But that's also for San Antonio, we do San Antonio, Laredo, uh, El Paso. Yeah, so there, there's plenty more out there. So, guys, Stuart Title, uh, look them up. Check them out. They've been around 100 years, kind of like uh, some people I know. Since 1893. Yeah. 18, oh, more than 100. I believe I've got to update my records. About 125, I think. All right, next week, folks.